The jazz keyboardist Chick Corea died a couple of weeks ago. God rest his soul. Chick Corea was, um, early in his career, was the keyboardist for Miles Davis, and he is revered as a um, master of improvisation. And he was also much loved by fellow musicians because he was generous with his time and is said to have a a fair amount of, of wisdom and gave an encouraging word. That was certainly true for John Batiste. I don't know if you know John Batiste, but he is um, a friend of mine on social media. And uh, he's the creative director of the National Jazz Museum in Harlem. And perhaps um, we're much more aware that he is the band leader for Stay Human, which is the band on the Stephen Colbert show. And Batiste loves Korea. and, and, And Batiste reminded us of a story um, of one of his first encounters with Korea. When Batiste was young, he'd played a set and came off stage and ran into Chick Korea, and Batiste says that he was really down about how he played. And he shared that with Korea, and Korea paused and listened, and Batiste said, I think I'm going to quit. I'm done. Batiste said that, and then Korea listened and said... When we complain about our playing like that, it's a form of egotism. When we complain about our playing like that, it's a form of egotism. And that, Batiste says, changed the the, the course of his life and career. It's good to be reminded what Lent is not. And Lent is not a season for egotism. Lent, instead, is a season of encouragement to keep going, not to give up. Lent is a season to be reminded that we are in the presence of God and we are God's children growing up and evolving, keep going, keep putting one step in front of the other, thrive if you can, and on good days, improvise. This gospel reading has another and complementary image or story for what Lent is supposed to be about. Jesus in Mark's gospel, it's a quick story. It's a very quick version of Jesus being led into the wilderness. It's quick because Mark's telling it. And Mark is always quick and short about these things. Perhaps so that we as readers and interpreters can fill in the blanks. Jesus is led quickly by the Spirit into the wilderness. There was nothing quick about the wilderness. It lasted 40 days. That's where our 40-day season of Lent comes from. As Mark tells it in the wilderness for Jesus, there's no dialogue with the devil. The theme here is not temptation. The theme here, as Mark tells it, is solitude. Jesus is apparently alone in the wilderness, except for the wild beasts who remain nameless, the Spirit of God, and, crucially, the angels who waited on him. The theme is solitude, and the theme really is that Jesus is alone and not alone at all, because the angels are there, and the Spirit of God is there. 
in the Gospels, Jesus is, uh, stories about Jesus, and, and when we see Jesus' humanity, what Jesus experiences, what Jesus feels, what Jesus goes through, it's usually an invitation to, to see our own humanity, for that to be a lens through which we see how we feel and experience similar sorts of things. So this gospel reading for Lent is an incredible invitation, I believe, to reimagine our own solitude. Whether our solitude is for a night or for a few moments each day or for much longer seasons, whether our solitude is chosen or not chosen, this gospel reading is an invitation to reimagine our solitude and to see that alone, we are never alone. But the Spirit of God is there with us. And there's always an angel or two to keep us company. In other words, our, our flesh, our, our, our lives, our stories, our bodies are a kind of wilderness in which the Spirit promises to meet us and always bring along an angel or two. Our lives, our bodies, our souls, our stories are also a kind of garden in which God meets us, but we've got to wait until Easter for that story. This past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, of course, because how could it not be? It's the start of, start of Lent. This is the first Sunday in Lent. And we had the imposition of ashes in the cathedral and reception of Holy Communion, and it was lovely and, frankly, kind of absurd. It was absurd because I was the priest at the crossing, and it was my job to explain to you how to self-impose your ashes. Because the guidelines um, from the ecclesiastical authorities are that we're supposed to say six feet apart. When we receive communion, because communion's intuitive, that's not hard to do, right? You know what to do with the bread. You don't know what to do with a little container of ashes and a, and a priest sitting there six feet from you. So all I was left to do is explain how you self-impose the ashes. Now, that's also easier said than done um, because... Dr. Boney, you, your, your colleague, Joseph Berry, was playing not one organ, but both of them, boldly, as I was giving this explanation, which meant no one could hear, which meant that I had no choice but to basically be in people's faces as I explained to them how to self-impose. Couples would come forward. I would explain, you just, you take one, you take one, you impose on yourself. Individuals would come forward. I would often explain, it's easier to self-impose with an index finger rather than a thumb and all of that. And finally, people stopped listening to me. And a couple came forward. And when I said, you impose on each of yourselves and the index finger. She turned to him and said, no, I'm doing yours. And she took her thumb, not her index finger, and made the sign of the cross. Well, that caught on. Next couple that came through, he took the ashes, put the ashes on the forehead of his husband. 
And at that point, I started to loosen up a little bit. It's good for priests to remember that just because we explain something, the people are not necessarily going to do it, right? Senior warden came through, Lynn Grinstead. As she approached me in the table of ashes, she requested gluten-free ashes. Lee is actually gluten-free and has a fantastic sense of humor. And by that point, I'd really loosened up and could just sit in the moment of what actually was going on. The tenderness of taking these ashes, the sign of our, of our mortality, the sign of our immortality because of Jesus Christ. And the absurdity of trying to do this in, in, in that moment and the restrictions and, and, and all that we've felt for way too long. I could relax and just enjoy the, 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 the tenderness of the moment. There's no one way to impose, self-impose ashes. All of our different personalities. I did notice, even though Lent is not a season for egotism, that some people did perhaps pay excessive attention to how their ashes looked on the other person. Some people did not. (laughs) The humanity of that tender moment, the sign of the cross on our foreheads. All that God asks during Lent is that we stay human. That we stay human in consciousness of God's tender love and intimacy. That we stay human. Nothing more and nothing less than that.